Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 17, very quickly as we read this text, Isaiah 59 and verse 17, come upon these words from the prophet. Word of the Lord, Isaiah 59 and verse 17. He put on righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion. Word of the Lord, you may be seated. If the scholars are correct in assessing that Isaiah is a threefold book comprised of three separate entities, from Isaiah 1 through 39 is known as 1st Isaiah. It is an insight into Isaiah's condition before she enters the exile. In chapters 40 through 54 is deemed as second Isaiah, and it is the depiction of Israel as they are in exiled in Babylonian captivity. And chapters 55 through 66 is deemed by some as third Isaiah, and that is her return from the exile in Babylon. It gives you a 3D view of Israel before she gets to exile, during exile, and her return back to Jerusalem after exile. In the meantime, Isaiah utilized the warrior motif throughout the text to at least inform the reader of the critical nature of seeing Yahweh through the lens of Israel as being the warrior who fights her battles. Now remember, Israel is not that well prepared of people in terms of military activity. They do not have the technology that their surrounding neighbors have. She is almost a depiction that there are times when you are in a position of disadvantage and you don't have the weaponry to fight the giants that is before you. Israel is left to trust the warrior likeness of God to defend her at every turn of confrontation that she encounters. But she has a problem. She's not a very good student when it comes to learning how to be a warrior. She likes to try to get ahead of the teacher slash trainer and think that she knows more about the opposition as well as how to confront the opposition than the trainer himself. 
she likes to believe that her trainer, God, does not know how to handle every opposition that comes down the pike. And so that kind of attitude sort of caused her to drift away from the protective hand of God, not too far away where God can't handle what comes down the pike, but it caused her to take a posture that there are times when Israel felt that they didn't need God to defend her. And yet there were constant battles in which the Assyrians as well as the Egyptians and several others would bring about war and God would have to divinely intervene, demonstrating his warrior-like power once again as an example that Israel would catch the breeze, catch the, catch the wind, Catch the example that I'm trying to show you that because you are a part of me and because I am a warrior, I've given birth to you. Therefore, you need to understand you are not wimps for eternity, but you are warriors in the now. You are called to be warriors because your father is a warrior and because father is a warrior, we are likewise warriors for the kingdom of God. It is a warning to us when we read this text that God is not turning back on Israel, but God is painting a picture in this text of verse 17 of chapter 59 of Isaiah that he's taking on a warrior mentality that Israel in their return condition, some were not ready to fight which they had to do when they get back to Jerusalem to make sure that they get Jerusalem back to where it need to be. And sometimes when God brings you out of your exile, and your exile could be for many different reasons, but you got to remember once God releases you from that exile, you got to come back and get ready to fight on the battlefield because where you need to go, there are going to be some obstacles and opposition and they will not bow down until you understand that they are not as victorious as you think they are in your mind. Watch this. When Joshua uh, swooped into Canaan to spy out the land, he is along with them. I'm sorry, Moses sends them in there and they spy out the land. And when those 10 spies come into Canaan, their assessment was that we look like grasshoppers in their sight. They've already determined that they, their opposition, is the warrior and we are grasshoppers. They've already decided that the promise that God gave them and that was you will not only have the land but you must go in. Watch this. Sometimes God can make you a promise and although he made the promise, remember the responsibility of conquering is left up to you. He's not just going to give it to you but you've got to go out and make sure you follow through on the plan of God to get to where you need to be. God says I'll be with you but you got to believe and you got to be willing to fight that not only will he be with me but he will stand there and fight as long as I am fighting. That there are some times that there are some battles that I can't fight by myself but God says all I need for you to do is just show up on the battlefield and I will be the fighter and the warrior for you through 
through you as long as you are willing to show up and to do some work. But there are sometimes when we think that God's just going to do it because God made a promise. And God says, I'm going to make sure it happens, but I need for you to know faith without works is dead being alone. You got to get out into the battlefield and you've got to fight. So they already said that when they looked at the giants that we are grasshoppers in their sights. They had already determined for us that they had not a warrior-like mentality except Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb came back and said after listening to the 10 spies tell Moses there's no way we're going to win this thing. We can't go in there and capture Canaan because the opposition is too large for us. Joshua and Caleb said not true. We serve a God, first of all, that has already made the promise that he's going to grant us Canaan. All we got to do, I just believe, is show up and God will show out and make sure that the enemy knows who is the God of all creation. I'm trying to tell you that Joshua and Caleb, along with Isaiah, is telling us you can never be a warrior until you get your mind straight. You've got to have a warrior mentality if you expect to fight. In fact, you can't have a warrior mentality until you understand what a warrior is. And a warrior is a fighter. A warrior is a completer. A warrior is, a warrior is someone who stands their ground and never gives up. No matter how dark the fight is, no matter how difficult the fight is, no matter how uphill the battle is, the warrior never gives up because there's a mentality that exists in a warrior that cannot be toppled. Back in the day when boxing was really at its height, there was one boxer who depicted a warrior spirit. Roberto Duran was a warrior if there was a warrior to be contended with. Once when he was in a fight with Sugar Ray Leonard and after the fight, he was asked, why did you not fall after all of the hits that Sugar Ray Leonard laid on you? And Roberto Duran in his translator responded, warriors don't fall. Warriors don't give up. Warriors may get bruised in the process, but warriors don't give up. Warriors stand their ground. And then they asked him, how come when you were getting hit with all that Sugar Ray Leonard had, all you did was smile in return? Warrior likeness is in my mind. I wasn't about to let Sugar Ray Leonard know that he was kicking my butt left and right, but I was going to give him the mentality and that was no matter how hard you hit me, I'm going to stand my ground and keep smiling at the same time. You ever been in a fight with the enemy or something in life and you know that you're getting your butt kicked day in and day out, but I just can't give up. I keep showing up day in and day out because the God on the inside of me lets me know that although I might be getting bruised right now, there's too much God in me. There's too much power in me. There's too much authority to in me. Too much victory in me. There's too much overcoming in me for me 
me to let the enemy know that they are hurting me, but at the same time, I can smile because the God I serve is a smiling God, and he knows how to look evil right in his face and allow evil to recognize no matter how hard I hit this person, they are still standing their ground. They will not fall down no matter how hard I try, and that's because we serve a God who declare greater is he that is on the inside of us than he that is in the world and if you ever get anything out of this message make sure you understand my mind has first got to be right if I expect to be a warrior and if I expect for God to use me as a warrior is used I got to get my mind right I got to make sure that I put on a warrior mentality watch this Psalm 144 and verse 1 I think it is says or maybe verse 11 says that God is a warrior who prepares me for battle but here is what he does blessed be the Lord my God my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle he trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. That sounds like to me that God says that if you want to pick a fight, you can try picking one with me, but I got to tell you pre-advance, it's not going to work out in your advance because my servants have hands that are prepared and fingers likewise. Roberto Duran was asked again, how is it that you prepare for the fight of your life? And he says, my trainer takes me through everything that I need to get prepared for a tough fight. Watch it now. Your trainer, who is the trainer of all trainers, knows how to set you up with preliminary fights just in case you get ready for the big fight, gets you in some situations where you won't lose but there are tune-up moments where God is getting ready, getting you ready for the next big battle that you might have to encounter. And when that battle comes, I am ready because he has prepared my hands for war and my fingers for battle. And Isaiah says that God has put on righteousness as his body armor. That means that Isaiah says God has put on or representing for Israel the righteousness of God by faith to believe that when I go into battle with my warrior mentality, I'm going to win because I'm walking in the righteousness of God. When I'm walking in obedience unto God, God has promised no good thing will he withhold from me that walks upright. I am already victorious when I put on the righteousness of God. But then I put on the helmet of salvation. That means that my mindset is already thinking about being delivered. I'm not going into battle thinking about how I'm going to win. I've already won. The victory is already mine. What I got to do is make sure that I keep the mentality of pushing through as a warrior and not backing up even though the enemy looks like he thinks that he might be winning but how do you many of you know that when God is on your side and when God is at your back and when the spirit of God is alive in you no matter what darts the enemy throws at you they just bounce off my back no matter what obstacles he set in my path I'm able to jump over every one of them 
no matter what opposition he brings down the pike, they can't get victory over me because the God that I serve has given me a mentality with a helmet of salvation to think about. I'm going to be delivered if I got to sing my way through. I'm going to get my deliverance. If I got to pray my way through, I'm going to get my deliverance. If I got to witness my way through, I'm going to get my deliverance. If I got to preach my way through, I'm going to get my deliverance. If I got to shout my way through, I'm going to get my salvation. If I got to dance my way through, I'm going to get my salvation. If I got to run around the church my way through, I'm going to get my salvation because the God that I serve has given me a mentality of salvation. But that's not enough. Watch the text. Not only has he put on the helmet of salvation, but he has clothed himself in a robe of that it says that God says that I've got to let the enemy know sometimes that you think that you big and bad wait till you see how I come out when it's time for battle every now and then you got to act like that you are already bigger than life itself and let the enemy know when you put on your robe of vengeance that you're coming out not to wimp at the fight but you coming out fighting like a warrior for example, David, when David goes out to meet Goliath, he doesn't tell Goliath that I'm coming down here just to hold a conversation with you. The Bible says that when Goliath saw David come down, he raised the question, why did y'all send down this little boy with sticks and stones to fight me? I'm going to make him lunch for the ravens in the sky. What he did not know was he had on the robe of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and a robe of vengeance. He said that I come in the name of the Lord and I'm not here to fight you with conventional weapons. I told him this morning that in order to be a real warrior, you have to act like you kind of crazy from time to time. And who being a small guy as David, a teenage boy, would go out and fight a nine-foot giant who is twice the size of his own, let alone fighting him with not just conventional weapons, but five smooth stones and a slingshot but that's David for you why because David knows that the God that he served has already trained his hands for war and his fingers for battle watch this so David loads up on his five smooth stones but he just takes one and begins to look at and size up the enemy watch this now the enemy looking at David got to have come to the conclusion this is going to be so easy that I can almost just simply rob my head back and do what I need to do to wipe this little fella out because he is too small to fight against somebody like me in fact all of David's brothers and those who serve in the Israel army in the background was saying, David, don't you know he not only has killed thousands but he has been a warrior since his youth. David said, I don't care about that. I ain't scared of Philistine. I ain't scared of Goliath. Goliath don't know who he talking to. I serve a God when I was out in the wilderness when I had to fight against a bear who came to my rescue and helped me every single time. I serve a God that when I came up against a lion, he came to my rescue and delivered me. And I'm just scared enough in my mind in terms of believing that God is just that powerful and I'm just that crazy to believe that I can beat this joker with 
with these five smooth stones and a slingshot. You know the rest of the story. David loaded up on that one stone and let it go and it leveled Goliath right in the middle of his forehead and dropped him to the ground. That was an illustrated point for me to let me know that every now and then I got to put on my robe of vengeance and I got to look evil directly in the face and I got to load up on the weapon uh, God has given me. Watch this and then I'm done. Look at verse 19 of chapter 59 of Isaiah. When you read your King James Version, which is the best translation, it says that the enemy will come in like a flood and the Spirit of God will lift up a standard against it. Oh, I like that. I got to shouting when I read that. That says to me that Isaiah says that once God puts on his robe of righteousness and his helmet of salvation and his robe of vengeance and his divine cloak of passion, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later next week, now says Isaiah, God will handle his enemy in verse 18. But then in verse 19, he says, God will raise up a standard. Watch this. When the enemy comes in and the enemy is coming in, says, Isaiah he's coming in but he's coming in with a mindset of thinking that he's going to crush me just like Goliath I'm gonna crush this little fella if there's a crushing to be done but what he did not know behind the wings of David was an almighty God who had already designed victory to be accomplished in the letting go of the one smooth stone. You need to learn what your weaponry is that God has in store for you as a warrior. And one weapon we have is the word of God that gives us the power and the authority to be able to handle whatever the enemy throws down the path. No one says Isaiah, formed against me shall prosper. Neither shall any voice that rises up. Why? Because God has already determined that victory is going to be mine. But I got to get that in my mind if I'm going to be victorious. And I just came by to tell somebody today, stop already telling yourself that you're not going to win the war. Don't allow yourself to be cloaked into thinking that you're not going to be victorious, but put on this powerful robe of God and allow your mind to not only be vengeful in the sense of being victorious, but remember God will raise up a standard. You know what that means? God going to bump you up to the next level when it comes time to handling your enemies and to give you victory when you are in a moment that it looks like you shall be defeated. Watch what the text says. He will bump you up to the next level. So much so that when all is said and done, you kind of sit back and wonder, man, I wonder how I won that fight. How in the world did I be so victorious? How did I get through that storm? How did I come through that sickness? How did I come through that government shutdown? How am I able to overcome? And that's because you serve a God who has already given victory unto you. If you just remember, he'll never leave you, nor shall he forsake you but his eye is always on the sparrow and if you continue to watch him and to trust him and to believe him he will lead you out he will lead you to victory he will help you overcome he will fight your battles for you God will always help you overcome 
if you are willing to adopt a warrior's mentality in your mind. I'm going to be a fighter no matter how dark it is or how difficult the battle. I'm going to fight because the God that's in me will not let me lie down. And Christians aren't quitters. We don't quit. How do I know that? And then I'm done. Because Jesus, on his way, came to a little space called the Garden of Gethsemane. And the humanity rose up in him and asked the Father, if it's at all possible, can this cup of persecution pass before me? And then he put the conjunction in that, nevertheless, it's not my will, but your will be done. On his way to Calvary, Jesus made it clear that because of who I am, a winner from heaven's glory, I cannot quit on this journey. Deeper than that, behind me will come followers who will need to look at me as an example of what a warrior is even when you have to endure the cross. And enduring the cross, he thought, or they thought rather, that he would be finished but yet as a warrior, he still was saving while he was dying on a cross. That's because warriors don't quit. And if that weren't enough, they thought by taking him off the cross, which is probably their biggest mistake, probably should have never taken him off the cross, although the word of God says that there is a law that says he couldn't hang there any longer than he did. They took him off the cross and buried him in the tomb. And do you not know that the God that I serve specializes in bringing forth that which has been buried? And when he calls by name, the sun arises with all power within his hand, resurrected Savior. That tells us that as a warrior, you might get knocked down, but you can't stay down. You've got to rise back up because the God that you serve specializes in resurrection power. Lord, bless somebody's spirit this morning or this afternoon that they might leave this place today aware that they are warriors.